Welcome everyone to the Carolina Outdoors. Each Saturday, we come in to the WBT studios to put down four different segments for your listening pleasure. We broadcast it out via podcast as well. You can get that wherever you listen to podcasts as well as our home base of jessebrowns.com. Your host, we're going to start over there. Well, Bill, I'm Wes Lawson, and I am excited to join you, Bill Barty, today for this edition. And we bring it over here. And, Wes, because of where we hang our hats through the week at Jesse Browns, jessebrowns.com, we have the opportunity to meet a lot of people. We invite any of our listeners to the Carolina Outdoors um, to come in to Jesse Browns for a visit. Also, check us out wherever you do your social media, Instagram or Facebook or jessebrowns.com. Sign in like that. But because of what we do, we have the opportunity to touch some of the newest gear and equipment that are in the outdoor industry, get to know it a little bit, and also get to share about it a Mm. little bit more. And, of course, in the fly fishing business, which is a big part of what we do at Jesse Brown's, we have lead guides and instructors who are out on the river. You hear them. Dave, the Bergmangler uh, Bergman, come on and share fishing reports Mm -hmm. uh, as we go. But uh, through that view, um, in the fly fishing world, we have had quite a bit of equipment that has passed through over the past 52 years and how much it has changed just in that category. Yeah. Uh, up to 30 years ago, there was a company out in Woodland, Washington called G. Loomis. They were a specialist in graphites and carbon fibers. They did a lot of work in the aeronautical industry, fittingly out there in Washington State. Boeing is there. They did a lot of work with the space industry. NASA used a lot of their graphites and uh, carbon fiber designs. So who would have thought that that type of technology gets transferred into one of America's most popular sports of fishing and then into the category niche that we operate with primarily fly fishing and since that i remember it like it was yesterday it was kind of a transition from um from fiberglass rods Mm -hmm. to graphite rods and then that glx rod came out so since then we've had other introductions at jesse brown's uh winston which is a boutique rod maker in twin bridges montana uses uh, utilizes graphites but also another compound called boron and they have uh, uh, different versions and increased legacies of boron that we have enjoyed, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But most recently, Sage. I know you have it over there in your hand, but they just came out with something called the R8 Core, Mm -hmm. brand new, which has kind of made the shop Jesse Brown's and the fly rod business really excited. Why? Yeah, so the R8 core from sage came out back in april and it's their flagship rod it's replacing a rod that was called the x rod um and it's it is top of the food chain stuff and it what it does is it makes me wish i had paid attention in science class to be quite honest because if if i had known that if i had paid attention i could have 
use that to make fishing rods, that'd be a great place to be. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we think about these rods as just sort of this tool, this thing you you put in your hand and it should basically fix all of your all of your casting problems or it's going to know instinctively how to put that fly where you want it. Um, and that's that's a bit unfair. You know, a baseball bat doesn't know how to how to hit the ball and a golf club doesn't know how to how to chip onto the green. But uh, the material allows the rod to use energy better. And we talk about it a lot on here and in, the, and in the store that with a fly rod, you're not casting the weight of the fly. It's the line. Um, you know, whereas with traditional fishing equipment, we're casting the lure. This, the, the rod and the line are doing the work to deliver the fly, of which there are countless thousands of different styles but you know you have dry flies on top and nymphs and emergers and saltwater flies and poppers and spinners and all this sort of stuff and each of those to be best needs the right rod but there are now multi-application rods from all the major brands and that is a jack of all trades which is essentially what the r8 does and it does it through the use of a brand new kind of what they call high modulus graphite let me ask you a question because I, I like that you mentioned uh, golf clubs yeah. because golf clubs, you know, you have everything from a putter yep. to a driver yep. and all of these other clubs mm-hmm. in between. Yep. Fly rods are kind of the same way. You don't necessarily have, if you're going after a tarpon, we just ended tarpon right. season right. through Florida, that's really one type of rod. But if you're in North Carolina, Western North Carolina, after a wild trout, you're not going to use that same rod, really, right? That's that's correct. Yeah, you're you're definitely not. And you know, in some of the rods that we would use in far Western North Carolina, we may not use on, uh, let's say, like a tailwater, like the South Holston. So you know, different different applications. But if we just stick for let's just for fun, we'll stick with trout fishing for this. So it's kind of like bread and butter sizes, three weight to six weight which usually means in our store we're selling a four or five, um, the rod needs to be able to take best advantage, most efficiently, of the energy that you create from your cast through the rod to deliver the fly line and the fly. And so if this is a nine-foot rod. Um, you have to have enough stiffness, what we call backbone, to deliver the fly, but also to fight a fish. But then rod tip sensitivity, so you can feel interaction with the, the uh, stream bed or with uh, fish takes, but not so soft that it's a whip. And you can see it in a cast, but you know, when you go from, let's say, the previous generation, the X rod, which was an incredible rod, or um, a G Loomis NRX Plus or an Asqueef, these kind of top of the food chain rods, how do you make them better? Well, you have to make them more approachable. So one of the things Sage did was recognize that rods are getting faster and faster, which means they're casting potentially further to a point where it really doesn't matter anymore. You know, for us, most of our North Carolina or Southern Appalachian casts are well within 40 feet. Ah, well, that makes sense. Right? The streams are smaller. Yeah, I mean, you're fishing right here. Right there. In a lot of cases, it's a roll cast within 20 feet. Um, so how can the rod do that versus, you know, a big western river? Yeah, you might get a good 60, 70, 80-foot cast into the wind. Those casts are more like what we talk about on the flats. So you have to do that with a rod that 
um, has the right feel. So where is the center of its action um, versus, you know, like in sports or in cars, you talk about center of gravity. Well, this is the center of the action, bringing that closer to your hand so you feel more engaged with it. It's a pleasant feeling, what fly rods used to be a long time ago. But taking that energy to deliver the fly and with a multi-application rod, doing each of those things well. So dry flies, you know, that fly that's going to float on top cannot hit the water nearly as hard as a nymph, right? Right. Because if it does that, it's it kind of it defeats the purpose, essentially, but we don't want to spook the fish. So, how, you know, that's, that's asking a lot for a rod to do that. But Sage has done that with this whole new kind of graphite, which goes back to what you said earlier, borrowing from one of their other uh, Washington State friends. They did a lot of work with the uh, aeronautical design world. So it's a whole new compound of high modulus graphite. High modulus graphite is thinner and stronger, which means the rod can be thinner, stronger, and lighter, which means it can theoretically cast farther. But then within that compound, the way those little, think of them as you know, the, the lead and the mechanical pencil or hair, the way they stack it has changed so it's more efficient, so it has better rebound. So fly rod casting, we go forward and back. That rebound is, is, is the recovering of energy to bring a back cast. So it can do that faster and more smoothly, which means you have more, you're capturing more energy. So, Bill, I have said it before, I am a thoroughly average fly rod caster. Like, I do not claim to be the best at it. I'm comfortable with that. When this R8 came out, I took an R8, a five-weight R8, and a five-weight X rod, the two champions, out to our casting area and put out some cones as targets. The X rod is a great rod. It was never one that I felt like I could fully maximize its potential. It was too good for me. I love that rod, but it was too good for me. Um, and I could hit a cone at distance about six or seven times out of ten. I got that R8 out, and after I got used to it, a couple casts, I was hitting that cone nine, eight and nine times out of ten, and it felt so precise. I did not believe any of the marketing hype behind this when Sage first debuted it because it's it was it was hype and it felt like it, but the rod felt more composed. It was more enjoyable to cast. It um, it made a difference. It is still too good of a rod for me, but I really liked that rod, and it's because of all the science they put into this. But then also dialing it back a little bit and saying, "Hey, let's make this more enjoyable." It's like taking a a sports car and giving it all-wheel drive. Now you can go through a corner and not spin out. It was, it's pretty amazing, um, and that's that is kind of the top of the food chain rod right now for uh, trout fishing. Well, it has gotten a lot of attention. The voice you hear right there, Wes Lawson. I'm Bill Bartig. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors and the podcast highlights of the Carolina Outdoors. And Wes, this is premium stuff. We're talking about the highest end of fishing poles if you will these are yeah. high-end fly rods this is a thousand dollar fly rod we're talking about thousand fifty for that wizard stick well, that, once you get that high who's counting but we That's have right. them available at jesse brown's but with that and with the hype switching gears over to winston mm. and the boutique fly rod manufacturer these are hand wrapped graphite rods or boron rods yeah um 
they have two. One of them just got a lot of press, the Air 2. Yep. Nine-foot rod lengths, four pieces. These are four separate sections. You can travel with them. If you're invested in travel in, and your sport of fly fishing, it is something. But talk comparatively, I guess, the Air 2, which I guess would be a direct compared com- competitor with the R8 core that just came out from Sage. Mm-hmm. It's a little softer, though. Is is that right? Don't let me answer it wrong if I, it's wrong. Yeah, I, w- I would say so. Um, you know, Winston rods, at least in, in this category, the Air 2 and the Pure, um, that is that is the angler who has experience, knows what they're doing, knows what they're doing wrong uh, when they blow a cast, but also they want that feel, that control. It's like the, the joy of driving a slow car fast. It, it is, uh, it is, yes. it's a little more analog. Um, and it's got a, yeah, well, that may go back to the tradition of yeah. it being a boutique rod company, but let me, I'm going to sweep in. They're nine feet in length, mm-hmm. which is a pretty standard length for for a fly rod, standard-wise. But then they have the Pure. Yep. Again, we're talking premium fly rods here on the Carolina Outdoors. That Pure comes in different lengths. It They're does. not all nine feet. And for the most part, they are lighter weight. Yeah. So they are um, less rod. So the Air 2 would be in the family of the Sage R8 core, I would say. But that Pure, is that more of a North Carolina f- fishing rod or a southeastern freestone stream rod because eight foot four weight is a little small for being on the madison in montana yeah right yeah it's a, it's a tributary kind of you tributary stream or creek sort of rod spring creeks tighter tighter spaces um so many rods that are that are getting pressed right now are fast action which means it's a stiff rod and it's the idea is theoretically you can cast farther but the pure is a moderate action, which for a lot of people actually is more approachable, uh, because if you if you do mess up that cast, it doesn't kind of reverb all the way down through your elbow, and it's going to because it's a moderate action, you get a bigger or more open loop in your back cast, which is great going forward because it carries that way and it makes for a really nice, gentle presentation for dry flies. Um, so yeah, if you're going to be doing more the the, the tighter creeks and streams uh dry fly fishing that that is it you know it looks traditional it feels traditional with some pretty 21st century science in there um, lots of great control if you like to be one with the fly so to mm-hmm. speak winston's tough to beat if you want that kind of one rod to do it all you have two very different feeling rods between the air 2 and the r8 um, and you really would, I would su- suggest casting them side by side to see which one feels right. Uh, and whenever you do a fly rod demo like that, the first couple of minutes should be unapologetically getting to know the rod. I mean, you're going to have some ugly casts because these behave so differently. If you haven't bought a new fly rod in even five years, it's changed. If it's been back when rods were standard at three or two pieces, prepare to have your mind blown because (laughs) it really, it's a totally different scenario now. You have so much control once you're within the bounds of your capability and the rod or the reel or the one. 
and you know that's something that we do at Jesse Brown's on location. You can call, schedule a fly casting lesson. Even yep, yep. the rods are available to cast, as well as other fishing rods that we have from combos starting at forty nine dollars in the conventional realm. If you want to take your son or granddaughter or daughter fishing during the summer, you can come by and get a non-fly combo. We have a bunch of brand new St. Croix conventional rods in yep. to go with the higher-end premium fly rods that we're discussing here from Sage, from Winston. And then we also have some Echo and Reddington rods that are on hand for people to try out, check out, or just stop by Jesse Brown's and say hello. Those Reddington combos especially are great. You get a good value from them. They're very approachable in their cast, and for a beginner to intermediate, really, really hard to beat. Hey, after the break, let's come back and talk about some of the news that has uh made a hit in the Carolinas and around the country. You may recognize some of it about uh, locally. Lake Norman's going to host the Bass Pro Tours Red Crest 4 tournament upcoming. Also, big fish sightings are leaping as Habitat Shift was one of the headlines from the Washington Post. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then, of course, there are the Yosemite fires. National parks have been a big part of what we've talked about on the Carolina outdoors from Yellowstone's deluge of water Mm -hmm. to now Yosemite out in California having fire issues. What does that mean for us during vacation season? We shall see. He's Wes Lawson. I'm Bill Barty. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors.